All right. Now's going to come the awkward silence. We just had that. (laughs) All right, everybody. If you are here, if you're watching the recording right now, also, uh, uh, be careful what you're sharing. Uh, Ashley, we are live. (laughs) I see that. I got it. Uh, We can't get rid of the recording. And so (laughs) it's there forever. It's this is uh, look. This is why we can't have nice things. All right. Yeah. yeah. Also, Ashley I didn't show anyone like, we were hitting the button. So my bad. Ashley should bring up like kitten wars, and we should like by committee decide which is the cutest kitten. Um, oh, can uh, make that the pre-show uh, banner today. Um, so if I'm you're watching the recording, I just can't win. If you're watching, <laughs> fast forward 36 minutes if you want to. Uh, if not, you can go ahead and watch pre-show banter. What is pre-show banter? It's where we show up early because you show up early, you show up early because we show up early. It's been a vicious cycle for the last two or three years. Uh, and so you can fast forward if you want to, if you're watching the recording. If not, you just got to sit through this for the next 36 minutes. So yeah. thanks for being here. Why did we do this? Yeah. <laughs> here. All right. It was all, uh, it was all cats and Christmas decorations. And- mm-hmm. Uh, actually, if you could do me a favor, go up to the sharing and where it says stop show sharing showing screen. Stop showing screen. Stop. Go ahead and hit that stop, stop button. That there way, all go. of our cameras and we can play uh, Family Feud or something. <laughs> no, okay. Here's, here's something I've wondered. They don't put us the same. Like we can't play no. Family Squares. No. Um, <laughs> I'm hoping whenever we get into like restream and Zoom. Because mm-hmm. I would love to play, uh, what is it, Hollywood Squares, mm-hmm. like just like this, where we could have audience members play and ask us questions and uh, and actually do the full Hollywood Squares thing, because it would be really cool. I, I think that's a live stream idea for, remember when you called me yesterday and was like, hey, wh- what can we do? And I was like, uh, like this feels like one of those things we can do with it that probably thing. is add it to the book yes. <laughs> it's like jason joined and he had 150 crazy ideas and we never thought we'd get through all of them oh but here we are oh, here we are <laughs> quickly getting to the oh shit <laughs> no uh, no this is not a kid friendly show thank you yeah <laughs> there we go actually was the uh, hard hat i used at my last job when i would do ics work so it usually mm. hangs like up here somewhere. Yeah. Um, as just a as a reminder. I thought it seemed appropriate to pull it down. <laughs> yeah, I I don't want to remind you, but it could be a little bigger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> So this reminds me of when I was in the army and all my helmets were too big. Like I was just like, I'm going to die. Right. Like this thing doesn't fit. I'm going to die. Like, oh, it's just to keep your brain intact for when stuff happens. So I was like, thanks. I, I can say actually, oh, as good. a fact, like this hard hat has probably prevented at least three concussions in mm-hmm. my life. Mm-hmm. But not yeah, the like, fourth. Can you show us like the Knicks? Well, I mean, you can kind of see there's like one right here. It's like a deep scratch. Um, that was actually from yeah, like a steel is. beam. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. What exactly did you do before you, we hired you? <laughs> a lot of things. <laughs> it's actually just a construction worker. You know, the people who just wave the signs, you know, so that like, you can go like, you know, around the road. Yeah, that's what he did. From slow yeah. to slow to go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Flip the sign over, you know. Yeah, I got fired from that no, job. I couldn't figure it out. Oh wait, I probably shouldn't have said that on here. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs>
you really are an example of if you just believe it, you can do it, you know? Who would have thought that, that, that the flag person in a construction zone could be like an on-ramp into cybersecurity, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Black Hills Information Security, apparently. <laughs> well, you take the pay what you can training. That can lead yeah. you, took the, you took that training. That's what happened. And then you took the on-ramp, instructing a new Dude, life. So- so thanks for sending us the resumes over of your company, John. I really appreciate it. Can we talk about Noah? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, we cannot talk about Noah. <laughs> well, that was fun. Thanks, everybody, for showing up today. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, I got something for the people that are here early. Just give me a second. Uh, also joining us today, we have Ashley Knowles and Ashley Van Hoos and is that right, right? Like shoes and no? you know, close enough. So, okay. uh, they are joining us for the very first time for uh, BHIS Richard Banter. Is that correct? I don't think so. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, we only hire Ashleys. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a rule. We got we got Ashley K and Ashley Prime here with us today. <laughs> So Ashley squared. What I have, what I have in my hands here, and this is all crackly and not working right. This is the very first printout of backdoors and breaches. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah, whenever they were on sheets, mm-hmm. and we printed them out on stock paper here, mm-hmm. and uh, we play tested it. Huh. Kent and Jordan, and I'm thinking that we might make this a prize uh, mm-hmm. somewhat. Let's not confess. 100%. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Is that going to be an auto start up the BHIS museum? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give tours. Oh, I, could, I could print out another set and just say that that's it. <laughs> I mean, like, this is actually a recreation of it, a historically accurate recreation. But but yeah, this is the this is the first backdoors and breaches, and I actually broke it up in procedure cards and the actual attack cards themselves. So awesome. while I was cleaning things up, I found that, and I thought you guys liked to see it. That's really cool. The first edition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is. Beta 001 right here. So. Mm. Back when we had no even better idea. if we signed it, John. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I could sign it. Each one. Each card. Each card. Then they go up on eBay and they sell each one separately. <laughs> Have you seen the decks of cards for sale on eBay? On eBay. Antiques Roadshow 50 years from now. It's like, so what you actually have here is uh, this is actually backdoors and breaches. This was actually marketing propaganda. <laughs> uh, from a security company back in the uh, like 2018 2019 time frame and if you look closely you'll see that this is actually a maze and the person would be like oh go good yeah so how much do you think it's worth absolutely nothing no one gives a shit she got here is priceless yeah <laughs> exactly Okay. This is a real memory we're all going to hold on to this one tune in after the commercial break for a stuffed deer <laughs> Where's the stuff here? No, just Antique Roadshow. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it kept the theme going. Like, Don, did you see it on eBay? You pushed, you pushed it too far. No, Sorry. Sorry. I'll leave now. It was funny right up into the stuff here thing. <laughs> uh, I will be selling my beard on eBay once I shave it off. In case anyone is interested. Oh, wow, that's just gross. a bag of beard hair. <laughs> 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 
this, you know what? I, it's awesome. Ben comes in a bag of beard hair. Like, he just rolls in. He's like, what the hell? And I'm like, Oh, yeah. This I is said epic. yes to the wrong job opportunity is what I did. <laughs> oh, Discord is recommending, Jason, that you sell it as an NFT. Uh, oh. I think oh, we yes. should. I think, yeah, I think this must happen. Also, I think the NFT idea was for the backdoors and breaches, but it just happened to hit but right when we're talking about a, a back of beard here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't that think it was for your beard. I don't think anyone wants that NFT. No one wants backdoors and breaches. They want the NFT for the beard. So, Jason, wow. can I can I show everyone the picture from yesterday, or is that going you, to? You can do anything uh, you want, uh, hey, Deb. Okay. Whatever he says, I can overrule. Yes. Okay, <laughs> good. Well, I, have, I have two different shots. I'll, I won't share the one that someone photoshopped, but this feel is, free to do whatever you want. Feel free to do whatever you want. All right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> John never says no to me. Why would I say no to you? <laughs> Thirty seconds later, John regretted his decision. <laughs> Little did he know what was about to happen. All right, I'm working on it. We're waiting. time ever you can go to webinar. Also, for everyone that's here right now, this is not the webcast. The webcast will be in in 28 minutes. You're here for what's called pre-show banter. We got Ben Burkhardt, Ralph May, Noah Heckman. Cassie <gasps> Ashley Knowles, John Strand, Jason Blanchard, Deb Wigley, Ashley Ben Shusen, and Ryan the Shootist. <laughs> and Deb is ready. And has posted it. Yes, that's, that's when he gets it all. Uh, oh, you put it in Discord. So uh, how about I do this? How about I make myself the presenter, bring up Discord, and then we can make it. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I thought you were just like going to do making, it again. I thought you were just going to fluff it. It's making Jason yeah, do it. It's like having him dig his own grave. <laughs> <laughs> How deep should it be? A little deeper. Little deeper. <laughs> just keep Not going. Keep oh, it. my God. <laughs> wow. That's so fantastic. Yeah, the closer you get, the weirder it looks. It's, it's so <laughs> and and so they were talking about how he looks like a, a billy goat, and we were like, Jason, billy goat, that's your real name. Wow. Wow. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> this is definitely this is NFT worthy here. This is, this is worthy of an NFT. Yeah. Jason the Gruff. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Tumnus vibes. It's too bad we're not doing a Secret Santa. That would be an <laughs> awesome framed picture. <laughs> <laughs> to give to someone, like I give it to someone, like here you go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to spoil it. I'm totally going to do that and send it to somebody. Just heads up. <laughs> like, and we're going to auction it off as it an them. NFT. Yeah. <laughs> it could be you. So, uh, uh, well, Discord is live. So just a reminder, if you post anything that is terrible and I can deem it to be so, like uh, that. you will be banned for life. <laughs> like, like, that. That. <laughs> like that is about to be. Let me just go over here. Hi, everyone. Oh, there we go. Oh. <laughs> Kick and block. <laughs> all right, you can do all that. All I do on Discord by yourself, then that's fine. Oh, and she's on oh. uh, hey, Welcome back. Yeah. yeah welcome <laughs> back. The daggers are out. <laughs> Uh, well, that was fun. Ooh. It was a threat right up into the point where it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, like those people that get fired and their boss calls them back and they're like, um, so that thing that you did for us, could you 
come and help us do that thing that you did for us before we fired you? And it's like, yes, yes. for $300 an hour, because that's mm-hmm. how capitalism works. I, I actually legitimately left a job at one point. And then like two weeks after I'd left, like during that whole last two weeks, my manager refused to talk to me. They were just mad at me or whatever. Um, and then like two weeks later, they call me and they're like, uh, yeah, so that, that box you made a while back that did that thing. Um, how do we fix that? And I'm like, uh, well, that sounds like a consulting gig to me. <laughs> so <laughs> I had something similar happen. Um, whenever I worked at Accenture at the Department of Interior, and this is a long, long, long time ago, so I think that we're well past it being a problem. Um, I set up a Nessus scanning server for them. And the entire team had the uh, had the password for the uh, the Nessus server to log into the web interface. Um, and I gave the password for root on the Nessus server uh, to the person that was running the team at the time. And um, I was teaching at SANS in Denver like five, six years later. And one of the people that worked in that job after I left um, came up to me and he's like, hey, I got a question for you. Um, we're, we're, we're still scanning with that Nessus box that you built, but no one knows what the root password is so we can update it. Um do you know what the root password is? And I'm like, well, I wrote it down. I'm like, please tell me, dear God, it's not this. And they're like, oh, that got us in. Thank you. <laughs> Their scanning server hadn't been updated in five years. And they were still, because they didn't know the password for it. And they were afraid to update it or to do anything because they were afraid it was going to break it. Because apparently the boss that kind of took over was like paranoid to do anything um, at all. And they're like, well, that Nessus scan that ran last month like worked and it didn't crash anything. Let's just do that again and again and again. So, so what you're saying is that if Nessus would have scanned itself, it would have been like, no, this box is riddled with vulnerabilities. You need to fix it. It did. <laughs> it, it did scan itself multiple times. And I think the, no. the finding that it gave was please kill me. <laughs> I, I think what John's saying is that all the scans for the last five years weren't good scans. <laughs> they were awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, there's no new findings. Nothing. Everything's good. Actually, they hadn't found anything in five years. That's how good nothing, it is. Nothing yeah. of any. Yeah, it's all good. Uh, everything's fine. All good. John, everything's I, fine. I have a serious question for you, and this is based on your active defense cyber deception class. Go for it. What happens when an employee implements cyber deception? And like just makes everything all booby trapped and then they leave or get fired and all that cyber deception is just left behind for the new employees to come find. Have you seen home alone? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a lot like that. Okay. Um, so no, usually if you implement cyber deception, like that employee leaves, that should be integrated into your alerting um, infrastructure and it should be part of your security policies that should be documented. So in that situation, the problem isn't the deception per se, as the overall documentation and change management procedures of that organization, that would be the problem uh, more so than anything else. Because <laughs> people are like, where's the punchline? Nope, that's it. That's, uh, that's it. And it should be more in line with uh, um, making sure that you have proper change management and change control uh, rather than cyber deception itself. Yeah, because I've always thought about that, like the person who's like, and this account's a fake account, and this is that, and this is like network, yeah. it's some like shadow network, and then all of a sudden, like a new employee comes in, like, what is all this? <laughs> what is this? So, oh, uh, uh, John, Deb and I haven't gotten a chance to ask you this question, so we're going to ask you publicly. Sure. Uh, I'll get, I 
with that class that you're teaching at four o'clock in the morning <laughs> mountain time, like at the beginning of January. Um, yeah. Deb and I are going to be doing our thing on that, right? You can, if you want to, I mean, you, 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 you're welcome and encouraged to show up. Um, I mean, we will. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Yeah. If we have to. We will. Yeah. At hour four, when normal people wake up <laughs> at ten. Um, but no, the reason why we're doing that is because we we want to reach out to uh, the people in Europe, and there's a ton of people that want to take our classes, and they try so hard to show up and take the class, and like I, I've got to sleep. So we're going to see how many people actually register for that, and uh, just basically see how it goes. Um, I'm hoping it goes well. I don't have any problem getting up at 4 a.m. and teaching. That's not a problem, but. Uh, if you don't want to, you don't have to. Okay. No, uh, that's perfectly no, fine. That's fine. We just we found out together on Twitter. Um, we were like, oh, "Why are you telling us?" Yeah, we found out on Twitter. That's how I know, that, folks. That's how I notify people of things of Black Hills Information Security through tweets. You didn't even tag us. So. <laughs> like, Ralph, congratulations, you're hired. It's like, John, this is Twitter. You did that publicly. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's, like, you know, it's, it's worse when you're getting rid of someone. So, I guess you I just there. need to subscribe to John's Twitter to find out my yeah. employment status from now on. Yeah. Yeah, sure. if, you, if you don't follow John on Twitter, you're going to want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> you might, I might hire you, right? So, yeah. how do I get a job at Black Hills Information Security? Follow John on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> well, it could well, be that, like, uh, you know, on like a Monday meeting, we're like, oh, this person works here now. I'm like, oh, what do they do? And they're like, they don't know, but uh, John hired him on Twitter. <laughs> Yeah, they used to run the flag at a construction site. But <laughs> what a they used, to, for Noah. they used to have me test these helmets. <laughs> yeah, I was a helmet tester. Make Come sure here, they Noah. <laughs> Just a reminder: this is not the webcast. Webcast will be in 19 minutes, and today it's on ransomware and ICS. Uh, oh, not just so ransomware, not just ICS, but bringing the two together, like uh, what peanut butter and jelly. So. Peanut butter and jelly. And jelly. I, think it's, I think it's kind of the I'm opposite. Sure we're, we're trying to not bring the two together. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying now. That would have been helpful yeah. 20 seconds ago. Yeah. <laughs> probably go change the description then. I was yeah, yeah, we don't. The water and wood. There you go. <laughs> like that. Change the description is all of the ransomware authors that are tuned in right now are like, <laughs> oh, oh, it's not. Oh, crap. oh, I thought it was the opposite oh, of that. I... Oh, man. Yet, I will not be on this webcast. <laughs> company is lies. All lies. The whole company is lies. <laughs> so, everyone at Discord, thanks for being here today. Like Michael Slack and need more energy. I think that's what that is. Uh, Wombat. Got the, we got the BSD bandit on. That's mm -hmm. pretty awesome. I wonder if yeah, that's the BSD bandit from Twitter that I follow and I like yes, so much. It is, it is that, the same one. Uh, same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you want to know me? Like, uh, one million grams of uh, coffee energy all the time. Yeah. He's just, he's, <laughs> all he's the like time. He's so like full coffee. of energy, like naturally full of it. I don't I don't think he's actually mm -hmm. drinking that much coffee. So. <laughs> no, he was like, I like hi, everybody. I don't need drugs. I am drugs. Let's go! <laughs> no, he's awesome. He's awesome. Great. Remember uh, we had awesome. him at Wild Wasak Ralph? 
we should get them out there. Bald was Hackenfest. Oh yeah, yeah. We we've yeah. done Hackenfest playing together. Uh, actually, we were playing uh, Call of Duty last night. Together. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say I was looking at Discord. According to Discord, you're still playing Call of Duty, which is impressive <laughs> that you can attend a webcast and play Call of Duty at the same time. That's <laughs> like oh, hold on, hold on, guys, hold on. All right, all right, I'm back, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> what has Discord ratted you out about today? So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just, just playing. Just he, he doesn't stop. He's literally on a on a voice chat with me, and he's still playing. <laughs> still going. I am attending this webcast now. Are you gonna box? Are you gonna do the boxing? Oh, you I just started. need to paint it green though, because then you can put your face there. <laughs> there you go. Like then put up the green screen with a picture. Yeah, that, I like that. That's that's great. Yeah. yeah I, I, I hate the idea. Like we've had some conversations about doing like full things to VR. And I like the idea of me doing an avatar and teaching with that headset on for like, you know, even an hour horrifies me. But even more is imagining like a thousand people with those on all watching it at the same time. <laughs> Horrifying. <laughs> uh, uh, my son they got so it. into that. I had to I had to remove it from the house. Like mm-hmm. I find him the next day. He's like all pasty white eyes are sunk in. I'm like, did you sleep last night? I passed out at like five, so I'm good. Oh, <laughs> like, cool. Yeah, well, you're you're going cold turkey, buddy. Yeah, so. yeah. Just give me that. <laughs> yeah. Are, are your kids getting into the Oculus or VR uh, at all? Mine mm-hmm. is. Uh, she likes to fish. She just just sits. She pulls up a chair in the kitchen. It's funny. Everyone made fun of Star Wars boy, the guy with the thing where he's pretending that he had a mm-hmm. lightsaber, and and now everyone looks like that with an Oculus. They're all like <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> wow, you just brought Star Wars kit back to modern day 2021 and like made that massive correlation. If you watch, if you watch Google Trends, Star Wars boy just got a blip. <laughs> what the hell is Star Wars, boy? Now my like, phone's gonna start showing me Star Wars kid videos. Yeah, no, yeah, Google, because they're listening constantly. Mm-hmm. Like he likes Star Wars. Would you like to go to Disneyland? <laughs> no, good Google. <laughs> what is what is hacking gonna look like though? I mean, you're just gonna be like swiping. Like I don't know, just like a visible keyboard. Like I don't. So just, the, there's actually, a Logitech keyboard that you can pair with your Oculus. And you can then see the keyboard in, like it just appears. Okay. Your hands kind of go shadowy. So, yeah, because it has a camera in it, mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. can actually yeah. sense certain things. Um, yeah. You can actually, like, I was thinking for like security operations center analysts, like you can have like screen, screen, screen. Uh, yeah, it's actually less GPU cool. intensive if you have a GPU that can do VR. Um, you can actually go with like the Windows Virtual Experience, I think is what it's called or something, and you can actually have like a full like multi desktop environment set up in this virtual mm-hmm. world. Um, it's actually pretty common. They went uh in like Japan and stuff. They went away from dual monitors and just went to everyone has VR headsets on, and then mm-hmm. they can have like six monitors in there. But it all Japan. runs on the same GPU and, feed, and they're cherry flavored, and you can get them out of vending machines. <laughs> True, they're weird like that there. Well, uh, the Netflix app, when I put that on and did the VR for the first time, and I was like, oh, my God, 
like because you're in someone else's living room at that point and you're yeah, watching their 75 inch screen tv and you're like watching their screen. why did i just buy a new tv <laughs> Jason, jason's got the b and e package with his vr <laughs> you're in someone else's house and someone breaks in mid-movie this is my house <laughs> like i want a virtual gun and shoot at the intruder all of a sudden flow rider shows up welcome to my house so weird <laughs> The older yeah. people are now like, who's Flow Rider? <laughs> I saw someone tweeting about hacking in VR last month, I think. I think it was like Skelsec yeah. or someone had like a POC for curb roasting in VR where you're kind of clicking on users and endpoints and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's actually uh, kind of cool. Yeah, and you can like see the, the attack maps kind of like branch out in 3D. It'd be kind of cool to like see all the computers as like objects. And you can just kind of like go to them, pick them up, and just be like, oh, I'm taking over this. What about that one? Hmm. Keep Ooh, that. Like you could go like it, it's, this is gonna start a whole new like Ocean's Eleven hacking scene at some point where they model oh, yeah, the entire yeah, building yeah. and then like they they virtually place themselves in the building. Yeah, 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 and then they hack it. Mm-hmm. The thing, okay, so l- l- the juxtaposition of this is very interesting. We're talking about like VR and like all of these crazy games and all of this stuff, and Ashley's getting ready to present on you know technologies from like 1992 (laughs) yeah it blows my mind still to this day with as far as technology is coming it's like you know we got this gpu that can go do like 26 billion cracks or cipher checks per second and we have vr and they're like but we got this controller over here that runs the hvac for the system can't update that (laughs) that's 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 the bridge that's too far Um, and then like sometimes the inner like the control interfaces for these things look like they're like an excel document with gifs in it for some reason (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. it's it's like it's like taking vr and comparing it to like a ti-81 calculator and it's like i could play snake (laughs) (laughs) someone's like great I'm just convinced that, you know, thousands of years from now, aliens will find us and be like, what did they actually value? Did they did they secure their critical infrastructure and the stuff that kept things like water and everything? No. Where did they put all their money? Porn and video games. It's like, oh, my God, this, is, this was a society of junkies? Uh, this is why it was easy to take them over. <laughs> it's, it's so funny. I was, I was actually talking to one of my friends this morning about uh, the movie Idiocracy. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. and i was just like oh i was like man i was like i didn't know when i first watched that when i was like a kid that it was actually a documentary i had yeah. no idea <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not a lot for the first cake? time like 15 years ago and or when it first came out i don't remember when it first came out it was a while ago um and it it's just you you think about current events and what's happened in the last you know five ish years and you're just like it's coming to fruition <laughs> and you know Hardy's is like one step away from f you i'm eating like <laughs> i remember one of their logos or one of their catchphrases was but it was like a hair away from that um you know like eat like you mean it or eat your friends and eat your burgers i i don't know it was just like you're getting really close to this or was it carl's <laughs> jr we love you Oh, that's, you know what? I want to get a job at Costco just, <laughs> just for that. <laughs> just to get hired. Welcome to Costco. I love you. You want a hug? Okay. Okay. As a reminder, this is not the webcast. The webcast will begin in 10 minutes. If you're watching this, hey, thanks for being here. There's uh, uh, 225 others of you doing so. 
we are Black Hills Information Security. We work at Black Hills Information Security, and this is what we do prior to a webcast. And the reason why is because we learned a long time ago it's just boring to be on a different webcast at a different company, and they're just total dead silent until all of a sudden. Hello. Welcome to today's webcast with Ashley Van Huysen. <laughs> We'll be talking about ICS and OT technologies and how we can bring these things together with the rest of your network. No, <laughs> scratch that. It's the opposite of that. Who wrote this? Why am I reading it? <laughs> <laughs> or you have like Creative Commons, like elevator background music. It's like playing. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Yeah, the elevator background. Um, and I wish that they would be honest. I wish a lot of webcasts would be honest. It's like, welcome to the webcast. All of your contact information will be sold. <laughs> to the sponsor of this webcast. <laughs> they will be contacting you. you 16 times over the next week. They will call you. They will email you. They will send you proof of life of next of kin until you buy their product. <laughs> and all yeah, these vendors are like, why don't webcasts work? They're stupid. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, they really suck. <laughs> so also, I think something um, killed the golden goose. We will at some point tell you that we, you know, do services uh it will take about 10 seconds uh and then that will be it uh so we'll tell you yeah we will do that you know uh but that's it <laughs> instead of the 10 minutes of content and 50 minute commercial that happens at the end that that's not right uh-huh. sounds terrible but wait i was supposed to have more than 10 minutes of content Uh-oh. oh god oh. uh <laughs> <laughs> okay Again. just ramble <laughs> It works for That's me. What we've been doing. <laughs> I just ramble for like hours and people are like, oh my God, he's an InfoSec thought leader. It's like, no, he's just <laughs> rambling. This it, it happens sad. in December for some reason. I don't know why. So it's yeah. fine. We'll just roll with it. <laughs> this yeah, doesn't no, feel is, like, it honestly doesn't feel like the holidays are coming up at all. I don't know about you guys, but like, it just, um, I don't know. I just think that I'm going to wake up yeah. and kids are going to be like, it's Christmas. And I'm like, it is. <laughs> we are in the land belt ever since I moved to Florida. <laughs> That's what you felt constantly. Jason, yeah, he's yeah, ready. There's no snow, snow here, so it just doesn't feel like Christmas. Yeah, yeah we don't have snow either. It was going to be like 60 degrees, degrees the other day. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, it's like 70 degrees outside. I'm like, I, I don't, I can't really get into Christmas. Like, Screw it. I'm coming down to Colorado. CJ and, and Phil are on their way. I'm coming. We're just going to hang out, and it's going to be yeah, like, we'll do, do it. We'll do a Denver, Colorado beach party because mm-hmm. this, this, yeah, this isn't that. working. There's no beach here, but... We'll make one. We'll just find a bunch of sand and we'll put it in the middle of, like, you know, um, what is it, the 15th Street Mall. Like, with all the hobos there, and we'll give beer to hobos, because that's legal. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can give beer to the hobos in the 15th Street Mall. The police frown upon it, but they can't (laughs) stop you as long as you're carting them. Yeah. Are you over 21? (laughs) That's... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I used to actually uh, work work off of the work off the 15th Street Mall. So we used to we walk down there all the time and go to the restaurants and stuff for lunch. But the place is awesome. No, it's funny. My uh, kids, we went to Amsterdam, and uh, we're walking around, and my kids are like, "It smells like Denver here." Like, well, it's actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Let's go. Oh, yeah, that's funny. Uh, I do want to let Michael Slack know you're getting close to being banned on Discord. You mentioned something about doing a 24-hour pre-show banter. Uh, yeah, that'll get you. Oh, I'm banning him right now. <laughs> I'm banning 
Michael and um, <laughs> Deb. Right? Delete all messages in the last 24 hours, please. Uh, I do like the Soul Asylum uh, icon from the album and the horse they rode in on, which is a bit obscure, but that's 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 cool. I like the band. Soul Asylum's good. All right, everybody, we will begin in five minutes. If you were here early, thanks for being here early. If you wonder why we're talking early, this is called Appreciate Banter. Uh, we do it before every webcast. We have one webcast coming up next week. That'll be the last one for the year. And it's going to be on modern C2 and exfiltration techniques with Kyle Avery. So he's putting together oh my God. a webcast on that. Kyle, I broke all the EDRs again today, Avery. Um, we should spend. We should spend five minutes. That's a fact. We should spend five minutes, though. We should. We should talk about one of the things about this time of the year that is my favorite. Oh, yes, it is the Sands Holiday Hack Challenge, uh, created by the Sands Holiday Hack Challenge, created by so. Counterhack and Ed Scotus and Josh Wright and all those people over there who are fantastic human beings who bring the whimsical and wonder to this time of year by creating the most epic holiday hack challenge of all time. And so we'll drop the link in here. John already did. Uh, we'll put it also in good webinars. So if you're not on Discord, you can grab it from there. And uh, could I ask everybody, wonderful. we're going to do a BHIS hug of death. Um, could I ask everybody, please go on Twitter and uh, please go and just type in thank you to Ed Scotus. Um, cause he puts this on for free and he's been doing it for free forever. And he's literally at Ed Scotus on Twitter. And I think it would be a good thing just because of all of the work that him and his team have put in. Um, just take a few moments, go into Twitter and just say, thank you at Ed Scotus. Um, I think that that would be a good thing. Cause you know what, when you do stuff like that, you put it out there and it doesn't break and you hope it's working and it's kind of like screaming out into the void. And I think it's just up for us just to say thanks for making the holidays a little bit better for everybody in the InfoSec community. So please do that and just say thank you to him because he needs that. He's, he's a little shit, actually. So. You had me curious there for a second. You're like, we're going to do a hug of death. Everyone go to Twitter. I'm like, are you trying to hug of death Twitter right now? <laughs> no, no, we, 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 have, well, Yes, we've hugged a death number of things, but uh, mm -hmm. we've, we've, we're trying to give the BHIS hug of death to Twitter. Uh, if we, we do really Twitter down, we're like, going to go for Cloudflare or something. I don't know. <laughs> we could pull that off. There's bigger problems in this entire infrastructure. As somebody in Amazon right now is like, Please don't say Amazon. Please don't say Amazon. Please don't say Amazon. They Please already Amazon. had a significant outage. Yeah. An event is what they call it there. It's a significant event. It's like, an, it's like the release of a new movie or something. <laughs> Somebody was mentioning um, when Amazon goes down, it's InfoSec snow days. <laughs> I can't uh, Amazon. Actually, I'll give you a presenter control again so you can go ahead and bring up your slides. Uh, we will start in three minutes. So, this is the three minute warning. So, as we get ready to get to the beginning of this thing, thank you so much for joining us for the pre show banter. If you were here from the beginning when we hit the button 26 minutes or 36 minutes ago, thanks for hanging out with us. You might, might have just showed up early because of time zones, but uh, we appreciate you being here. We do. We do. Mm -hmm. All right. What else? Anything um, else, John? You got some like pay what you can training. Oh, Deb. Yes. Oh, this is, you want to talk about the thing we're doing next week? Yeah. So Thanks. next Friday, uh, Friday the 17th, if you're watching the recording, sorry, it already passed, you know, it's December 17th, 2021. Uh, so if you're watching the recording, sorry. Uh, but 
Next Friday, we're trying an experiment. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're doing a meetup in Maryland and mm-hmm. Hailthorpe mm-hmm. at a place called Heavy Seas Brewery at 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. And we're what we've seen is that there's thousands of you all over the country, all over the world. And we'll, like, if we can find a way to bring you together, then you get a chance to meet each other and we get a chance to meet you. And so next Friday, we're bringing, uh, so far, we've had about 50 people or so RSVP that they're coming. Uh, we have an open space at Heavy Seas Brewery so that people can get a chance to meet each other. We'll do a little bit of speed networking where we can meet each other. Uh, if we all do it, then it's not weird. Um, so. <laughs> so we'll be there. It'll be great. Thanks, John. John. (laughs) You're welcome. Uh, But here's what we'd like. If you want us to come to your city, please put it in Discord or on GoToWebinar. If you want us to come to your city and do one of these meetups uh, where we'll find the other people in that city who are in the InfoSec community, if we can, that know us because either they signed up for the prompt zine or they bought something from the Spearfish General Store, Mm -hmm. Uh, we'll bring you together. I, yep. I, Save I a horse. For Chicago. Hire a hacker. We're coming. Coming to your city. <laughs> All right. With that, we got one minute left. Uh, which brewery? It's the Heavy Seas Brewery in Hillthorpe, Maryland. Hillthorpe. Hillthorpe. All right, Ashley, it's one o'clock. Everybody, if you are not going to be presenting, if you're not Ashley Van Schusen, uh, please go ahead and turn off your camera and your microphone. Please don't uh, end the webinar for all. That would be absolutely terrible. And we will bring it up from now on every single time. So if you do that, you know, just you'll be memorable. Ashley, thanks for joining us today. Uh, I've already seen this presentation. I got a chance to see it at ICS conference uh, in the beginning of November, uh, where we were in a room with like 15 other people. Uh, it was like one of the first conferences back after the pandemic and not that many people showed up, which was great. And also, you're like, eh. uh, so Ashley, thank you for doing this. I asked you if you could come back and do it for us in the BHIS community. Um, and thanks for doing it. All right, everybody. If you have any questions at all, you can always ask in Discord or go to webinar. We have a team of people to help answer your questions or we will save them to the end uh, from when Ashley's done with the presentation. And with that, if you ever need a red team thread hunt, active sock or anything like that you know where to find us ashley it's all yours all right yeah yeah um yeah hopefully we'll get through this and i won't have uh any kind of epic coughing fit so uh kind of bear with me and we'll get going all right ashley all right perfect um so my name is ashley van hosen and uh today we're gonna be talking about ransomware and ics um so just kind of a little bit about me um i'm dhs ICS certified. Um, I went up and I uh, took, they have a one week class up there. It's really great. Um, it's, it's an intensive class and uh, at the end you get to do a cool exercise and it's really awesome. Great learning experience. Um, I have some pretty extensive work uh, in, in, in ICS. Uh, I've worked in a lot of industries. I've done work with oil and gas companies. I've done work in the energy sector, uh, manufacturing, um, and done stuff with with rail rail systems, um, air systems, uh, airplanes, and stuff like that. Um, and I was a, a naval nuclear engineer, um, so that was pretty cool. Uh, kind of getting to work in the in the nuclear aspect of it, um, working in <clears throat> working with nuclear reactors and stuff. So. Um, first I'm going to kind of go through like a little bit of an intro on industrial control systems. Um, you know, I don't know how many of how many of you guys. Uh, you know, have have a, a large background in industrial control systems. So we'll kind of kind of cover a little bit of of you know some of the things that I'm talking about and and kind of how um, how they're different from IT. 
um, you know, they had, those are they're two systems that have to kind of work together, um, but they're they're very very different from each other and kind of have to be handled um, a lot differently when you're talking security and things like that. Um, so the the operational technology um, industrial control system world is uh, really really recently in the past like couple of years uh, has really seen an increase in in threats and attacks. Um, 2021 has been one of the most prolific years for ransomware and threats to industrial control systems. Um, there's just been a heightened uh, sense of of need for our critical infrastructure to be protected this year. And, um, and, and I don't think that that's going to slow down. You know, I think that these, these systems are, are very attractive targets. Um, and they, you know, you're, you're talking technology that was developed in, you know, the 1970s updated in the 1980s, uh, from like analog to digital, and realistically, security hasn't been thought of since since then. So, you know, you're talking a lot of old protocols, um, a lot of old equipment um, that it's it's difficult. It's difficult to update it. Some of this equipment still runs on you know outdated versions of of Microsoft and um, you know outdated versions of of Linux because they just can't be updated because the the hardware itself hasn't been updated um so those are those are really really attractive targets and then we took all of this all of this equipment and we're like hey let's connect it to the internet that'd be a cool idea um and so now we're we're experiencing these these issues that we've never seen before because we connected something that really probably shouldn't have been you know, connected to the internet. Now, now it's out there. Now it's on the internet. Um, so just kind of some, a little bit of like technical terms, kind of the difference between like OT and IT. So OT is operational technology. Um, and it's kind of an overarching term for, for using hardware or software to control physical processes. So, you know, when you're talking about a, a factory where you have, you have a conveyor belt, that's like, um, set up for for shipping boxes, right? So this conveyor belt is is responsible for the box comes along, it weighs it, figures out how much how much it weighs. You know, maybe it prints off a label, it puts the shipping label on there, and then it moves it off and it moves it onto a pallet to go off to you know the distribution or wherever it's going to go. Um, you know, there's there's a little there's a little tiny you know board that's that's controlling that process right and it's really simple like logic based stuff if box is on conveyor belt conveyor belt moves you know if box goes through laser you know conveyor belt pauses you know if label goes on box conveyor belt moves it's very simple um logical things and it's 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 you know it's yes or no um on or off um kind of stuff and, you know, a lot of times it's like, there was no, there was no thought, right? Why does that need to be protected? So when we're developing these, these, these products, you know, back in, in the seventies and eighties, there was no, there was no like thought behind, well, what, why does it matter if somebody can make the conveyor belt turn on and off? Well, 
I mean, at the time it was kind of like, well, it kind of doesn't, but now it's like, okay, well, what if the, somebody can make the conveyor belt go 70 miles an hour and shoot boxes like projectiles? That's not great. And, you know, there's, you know, that's, I mean, that's kind of a, a silly, a silly, you know, example, right? But when you're talking things like, you know, pipelines and chemical processes and everything and stuff like that, I mean, uh, I think earlier this year, there was, you know, there was a kid in Florida who was like, hey, I wonder what would happen if I, if I dumped all these chemicals into the water supply and why not poisoning the water supply? Because, you know, it was just like, hey, can I do this? Yeah, I can. And, and that was bad. You know, they had to, they had to, to, to dump, you know, they had to put in a, a whole lot of other chemicals to kind of counteract that. And, and then they had to retreat the water and it was, it was like a big process, right? Not only was it dangerous to the community, but it also cost the water plant a significant amount of money to, to be able to create safe drinking water for people. Um, and and these are these are things that are are very very possible of of you know happening. I mean, a lot of times now we're seeing, you know, we're just seeing ransomware where okay, you know, send us send us bitcoins, we'll decrypt your stuff. And you know, that's yeah, I mean, that's that's almost kind of like the the least bad thing that could happen, right? Okay, all we've done is encrypt your data. Um, yeah, you can't operate, but you know, we're not. We're not damaging your stuff. We're not. We're not causing loss of life. We're not, you know, damaging the community and stuff like that. And and so you know, but those those things when you're talking OT environments, you're talking very very dangerous things that could happen and very bad things that could happen. You know, an IT in in, in the IT environment, you know, it's. Um, and, and apparently this slide did not save an update. So we're going to roll with that. But, you know, IT environment, that's your that's your internal infrastructure. Right. So that's, you know, that's your your email. That's your your databases. You know, that's your 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 workstations and stuff like that. You know, is it is it critical data? Sure. Um, but is it you know, is it detrimental to the point of we could have loss of life? generally not, not usually. Um, and, and so there's, there's kind of a, a big difference between the way that, that IT has to be handled and the way that OT has to be handled. You know, IT, you can apply software updates. Um, most of the time in IT, your, your stuff is patched pretty well and there's no, there's, there's no real, um, issue to patching, right? Uh, it's like, you know, okay, well, we applied, we applied this patch and now the database doesn't quite work, right? Okay, well, let's roll it back and, and, and everything, you know, in, in OT, it's like, uh, we applied this patch and now this PLC doesn't work and now it's not talking to the safety system. And now we have no idea, uh, whether or not the temperature of this, of this boiler is okay or it's not. And that's, that's not good. You know, so there are so many more things that could go wrong in OT and, and trying to have that ITOT convergence where we're working together, um, is, is very difficult. You know, IT staff have to understand how critical OT is and OT staff have to understand how important security is. And, and bringing those two together is, is a big part of, of kind of what I'm trying to do. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, uh, kind of industrial control system security architecture. Um, 
this is uh, this is a topic that is very near and dear to my heart, and um, I could probably talk uh, for for an hour easily on um, just security architecture and the reasons why it should be the way that it is. Um, so this is a this is kind of a um, it's kind of a modified model, um, you know, loosely based on on the Purdue model, um, kind of tying in a little bit of like zone and conduit, and ultimately just using micro segmentation. Um, so with this model, you kind of have your enterprise zone. Um, so that's you know that's your that's your enterprise network. So you know your external your external facing network, and then your business network, your internal facing network, um, which per per the two per. Purdue model, um, that would be, you know, layer five would be your external and layer four would be your business network. Um, then you would have your, your DMZ. So this would be like your industrial DMZ. And you could have a DMZ between the enterprise network and the business network. Um, you know, but this is, this is specifically an industrial DMZ. Um, so this is what is separating <clears throat> your corporate facing your enterprise zone from anything that would be process control uh, anything that would be considered ICS um, that would be uh, that would be your um, your your you know manufacturing zone and safety zone um, typically you know I ideally this would be a separate domain um, in and of itself, uh, from your enterprise zone and from your, your, your manufacturing zone. Um, and this is where you would put like your, your, your jump hosts, your file transfer hosts, um, things like that, that, you know, data that needs to go from the business network to the OT network, but it, there doesn't need to be a direct connection to do that. Um, so that's kind of where you would, you would transfer all of those things. Then you would have your manufacturing zone. Um, so you would have your your site operations um, would be there, and then uh, and then you would break down kind of the rest of of the um, the manufacturing zone into kind of this is where this is where like the micro segmentation and kind of the zone and conduit model comes in. You would break them down into these cell zones, and you would have um, you would have these cell zones that would allow you to um, to kind of really, really like take uh, take different processes and different pieces, and not allow those things to talk to each other. So, as an example, um, if you had uh, you, you were doing manufacturing and you had um, multiple production lines, so let's say you have production line one and production line two and production line three. Production line one would be its own separate zone. It would be its own separate network, right? So there would be firewall rules in place that would prevent um, production line production line one from talking to production line two, and, and vice versa, right? And and each of those would be separate, and those would be your your cell zones. So each of those would be separate entities, and that that prevents any kind of, of traversing across the network, right? So if, if for some reason, you know, one of your production lines went down, you would have 
you would have access to production line two or production line three. Um, so if, if, you know, if production line one got hit with ransomware, there would be no traversing um, because of the way that that, that, network would be completely segmented from anything else and you would still have production line two and production line three that you could do while production line one is offside and you're offline and you're doing your forensic analysis um and then um and then on top of that you would have a completely separate a completely separate zone for your safety equipment so these are going to be your sensors and your triggers and your alarms that are completely separated from your process network your SCADA network your site operations in, in a completely different zone um and, and it would have connections obviously back into your process network right so you you would have to you know if you have a sensor for temperature that's going to trigger an alarm well you have to you have to have that that connected back into the process network but you're going to go through the firewall to do that and you're going to make sure that 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 you know you have the connection in the direction that you need right so if it needs to to pull data from from that temperature sensor then you only allow that data down to that that particular sensor um by keeping your safety equipment separated, it really it really prevents an attacker from being able to go in and turn off those safety features, right? So if you had somebody who was who happened to be in in uh, production line one, you know they have access into those systems. They can't necessarily get to the safety the safety zone and the safety equipment to be able to turn off a temperature sensor that's going to trigger an alarm to be able to manipulate that PLC. And cause something to happen, right? They may not be able to. They they may not tr be trying to, you know, necessarily destroy a an entire plant. But you know, if this was if this was a, um, you know, if this was like a a, a beer or, or or something like that that you're making, and you slightly increase the the temperature during the fermentation process, well, that can that can make the beer bitter. You could just be ruining. They could just be ruining an entire batch of beer, rather than trying to actually cause damage. Um, but by separating out that safety equipment, that alarm is still going to trigger. And so you would kind of get notification of that, and it just makes it difficult for more changes. Um, you know, to, to, to happen without people knowing it. Um, so that's kind of, that is kind of my view of, of ICS security architecture and how it should be done correctly to, um, to ensure the best possible outcome for security. Um, now let's talk a little bit about how ransomware affects ICS. Um, so, uh, so we kind of have to talk a little bit about um, the the most uh, the most recent well-known um, attack uh, that occurred on May sixth of this year. Um, it affected Colonial Pipeline, and uh, based on on every other ransomware attack that we've seen in um, in, in in industrial control systems, um, it was considered the most disruptive attack uh, that we've seen yet, and I, I don't think that that's going to stop. Um, I think that that's just going to get worse. Um, you know, it kind of almost seems like a lot of these these bad actor groups out there, um, they, they try to, you know, they try to one up each other. Right. It's like, oh, hey, look, we did this. Well, we did this. Well, we did this. Um, you know, and it's 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 a game. And um, and we can't we can't play a game with our critical infrastructure. Um, we've seen we've seen 
you know, so many more things happen um, in in critical infrastructure that, you know, nobody's necessarily said that they've been a been a, a direct attack or, um, you know, there's, there hasn't been ransomware involved particularly, um, like a month and a half ago, Xfinity had a, a massive outage. Um, and there's just been a lot of things like this and it's, you know, it, it's hard, right. Without, you know, without, you know, knowing exactly what's going on in their systems from an outsider perspective, you know, we, we don't know if, if that massive outage was, you know, a, a DDoS attack or if, if it was something more going on. Um, but, you know, if you took away internet from, from everybody in the world, like that's, you know, if you, if you just took away internet in the United States, I mean, that's, that is devastating to tons and tons of businesses and it doesn't even have to be, you know, a super widespread thing. It could be localized into, into different cities and stuff like that. Um, but that's, that's part of our critical infrastructure. That's how we, that's how we, we connect. And we have so many things connected to the internet now that that's how we function a lot of things. Um, so these are, these are, are attacks that are not going to stop and, and they're definitely, definitely getting, getting worse. Um, just kind of, kind of to put in perspective of how much worse they're getting, um, in 2020, uh, we had 1,112, um, ransomware victims. And this is just, this is just in the OT industrial control sectors, um, just in, um, just in, in, so, you know, oil and gas manufacturing, um, they're looking at all of those different sectors, but that's just in industrial control systems. Um, there were that many ransomware victims in just the first half of 2021. Um, and I would expect, uh, I would expect that, that shortly, um, they would be compiling the numbers for, for the second half. Um, the last, the last that I looked at it, this, there was, there were already another like 600 on top of this. Um, and we hadn't even finished out the year. Uh, but just in the first half, we had 1,097. Um, so in, in six months of this year, we had, almost as many attacks as we did in all of last year. Um, you know, and, and that that's really actually shocking to me because, you know, last year it's, it seemed like there were, um, it seemed like there were a lot more just in attacks in general, right? The world shut down because of COVID and nobody could go anywhere and nobody could do anything. And so it seemed to me like you had a whole bunch of really bored hackers stuck in their house with nothing else to do. Um, so, you know, there, there was an overall increase and for that to be even more prolific this year, as the world has kind of, kind of started to come back to some, some sense of, of normalcy. Um, that means that, that, they figured something out last year and they're going to keep running with it. They figured out that it's easy. Um, you could go to Shodan right now and you could type in any, um, any singular uh, industrial control control device um, from a number of different companies. And you are going to find no less than a thousand of them directly connected to the internet Um with a with a public IP, uh, just waiting to to be attacked. Um, they're they're you know they're connected to directly to the internet, and that is 
awful. Um, you know, those, and, and you never know like what, what exactly that's, that's connected to, right? I mean, there could be a, a, a Siemens device or a Honeywell device or, uh, Allen Bradley, um, device sitting out there and you don't know what that's connected to. Is that connected to a pipeline? Is that connected to a manufacturing plant? Is that connected to, uh, you know, an, an electricity substation? Um, those are, those are definitely, um, definitely very scary things to be out there. Um, and the problem is, is a lot of times people just don't know. They don't know that it's connected to the internet. And, um, and that's, that's kind of another terrifying thing too, is that, that there are these things out there that, that are huge targets and nobody knows about them. Um, Kind of just a little bit, uh, a little bit more like of, of kind of statistics on on what you know what we're dealing with as far as uh, as far as groups um, that that are responsible for uh, for these ransomware attacks in, in the industrial control system. So there's about 25 different groups out there that um, that are tracked uh, as APTs. Um, they're responsible for more than 1,200 of the attacks. Um, there's some like one-off, uh, one-off groups out there that do it, but these, these are the primary. And out of those 25 groups, five of them are primarily responsible for the vast majority of the ta- the attacks. Um, so, uh, so these are kind of, uh, these are kind of the groups that are responsible, um, based on, you know, name based kind of on their, um, particular malware that they use. Um, so in the first half of 2021, um, we've seen a, an, an, uh, over a hundred percent increase in ransomware attacks from 2020, um, and about 75 percent of those attacks originated from these five groups. So, um, you know, there's Conti, there's Avidon, there's R Evil, there's Darkside, and there's uh, PSYA. Um, the kind of funny thing is, like Conti, you look and and they just have a a absolutely astronomical um, amount of uh, ransomware attacks they're doing. Um, but then you look at dark side, they actually have only been successful with less than a hundred, um, ransomware attacks. I think it was like 74. Um, they had 74 successful attacks. Um, not all of those were, 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 you know, massive attacks, right? I mean, if, if somebody essentially, if somebody, you know, somebody pays, you know, 0.1 Bitcoin, you know, that's the same as them paying like a hundred Bitcoin, um, because they were they were successful and and it doesn't even they don't even have to pay the ransom um they just have to to actually uh get the malware into the environment and encrypt files um for it to be considered a successful attack um but but you know darkside had one of the most the the worst attacks that we've ever seen um or at least most disruptive right um so that's you know, it, they, it doesn't have to be a large number for something to be devastating. Um, you know, one one time, all it takes is one time for something to devastate and then cause a a literal you know waterfall effect to happen of of other things that um, that really you know could devastate not just critical infrastructure but our country uh i think there was one of the questions was are these stats exclusively ot yes yes they are um these are exclusively ot ot statistics um that uh that i got um 
uh, I can look for the source. I have, I have, um, I have the source of where I pulled up this data. Um, I can throw that in the Discord afterwards. Um, how is the malware deployed? Um, so these are kind of these are these are the three most common attacks. Uh, so, um, so basically, uh, all of those attacks um, that were successful were were analyzed and um, and kind of determined uh, where um, you know where what happened when they were triaging, right? Um, so ransomware can find its way into an ICS network through a, a vast variety of sources. Um, you know, it can start with a, with a, a phishing attack that, that targets employees. Um, you know, in that they, they could be trying to, um, they could be trying to install malware or, um, they could be trying to, to, you know, gain access to credentials, um, so that they can, they can get remote access into, um, into an environment. Um, you know, another, another common technique, uh, is for an attacker to, um, to compromise an industry website. And this is, you know, where we get into like kind of supply chain things, um, and talking about, you know, making sure that, that, um, that you're looking at your, your vendor updates and you're, you're, you're taking the hashes and you're comparing them, um, to make sure that these, that these updates are exactly what you think. Right. Um, but they they try to you know compromise an industry website and then implant malware there so that everybody that goes there and is is uh, trying to you know load software from from the site um, then they they deliver their malware instead of an actual firmware update. Um, the other thing is um, is uh, being able to um, to um, uh, exploit like a VPN, uh, portal or other externally exposed, um, IT infrastructure. Um, that that's, I mean, that's something that, that happens, um, a lot. Um, there was a manufacturing plant in Italy earlier this year, um, that was infiltrated through a vulnerable, uh, Fortigate VPN server. Um, they, um, they exploited, uh, you know, they exploited the CVE, um, they obtained credentials and then they accessed a windows system through a VPN. Um, then they used, uh, Mimikatz after that to, um, to get other credentials and they were able to laterally move through the network until they got a domain admin account and compromise that. Um, then they used the domain admin privileges, uh, to disseminate cobalt strike, um, and, and to, uh, get malware throughout the, the, um, the system. Um, then once they had sufficient access, uh, they deployed ransomware to the compromised host, um, and, uh, and propagated it throughout the network. Um, and then what was, what was so horrendous about this is in addition to in encrypting the files, um, the malware actually disabled the services, um, to turn off the backups and remote maintenance. Um, and, uh, so they were, they were able to dis disable the backups as well. Um, and they had onsite backups, um, which was part of the problem. Um, but, not only did they encrypt their files, but they disrupted their backups. And it was, it was an absolutely like devastating attack. Um, so, 
you know, those are, those are things that can happen. Those are things that happen all the time. And, um, but those are, those are the most common, the most common ways to, uh, to, to that these groups are using to deploy that malware. Um, insider threats are definitely, um, definitely part of, uh, of the problem, right? Um, you know, that's, that's kind of, a it's kind of an interesting topic, right? Because, uh, there was, I think it might've been on telegraph. Um, there was actually a, uh, a post that was made. And, um, one of these, uh, one of these ransom, one of these ransomware groups, um, was actually advertising on telegraph looking for, um, insider threats. They were looking for anybody who was willing to, um, you know, take, take a piece of their malware into their company and, um, you know, they would give them all the instructions. They would walk them through everything that, that they needed to do. And then they would, um, they would get part of the, the ransom as payment. Um, and it was, it was one of the first times like I've, I've ever seen anything like that where they were, they were bold on, on a, a fairly public forum um to be like hey you know yeah we're looking for people like we need we need help and we want to we want to get this so you know we want to get this malware into an environment so badly that um that yeah we're looking for people to help um so insider threats are definitely definitely a um a big part of this um the attack in Italy um, and some of the other attacks uh were not insider threats um they were just they were simply just, just bad hygiene. Right. Um, you know, not, not looking, not, not creating a, a, a password policy that's strong enough. Um, not properly decommissioning, uh, em- employee accounts that have, have left or, um, things like that, or, or even, even moved. Right. Um, sometimes somebody will get a promotion, or, 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 or a demotion, you know, or they'll just, they'll just change, you know, maybe they were working in, in marketing and they decided to, 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 you know, go into accounting or something like that, but they still have access to all the marketing stuff that, that they did because the permissions weren't taken away from marketing. We just added permissions for accounting. And so now they have extra permissions that they shouldn't have. Um, so those, those types of things. Um, specifically how does ransomware affect industrial control systems? Um, so, uh, the impact on, um, on industries using ICS kind of depends on the target's nature of operation or the motivation of the cyber criminals that are pursuing the attack. Um, uh, every, every effect that that's listed here, um, you know, can be felt by, by, um, by a, a targets, um, internal and, and external clients. Right. Um, so operating system changes, um, you know, they could, they could go in and, um, they could change a system or an operating system or an application, um, that could produce unwanted or unpredictable result results. Right. Um, so, you know, they could turn off antivirus, um, which would make it easier to be able to propagate malware into the environment. 
Um, you know, this could also also affect the the output of um, of a of a threat actor's target, right? Um, if they can't if they can't disable the antivirus, maybe they kind of change what they're going to do, right? Um, maybe they have a different piece of malware that they're going to use that could bypass the antivirus or or something like that. Um, changes in a uh, in a in a programmable logic controller or a remote ter- a remote terminal unit um, or any any other type of controller that could be out there. Um, you know, can can create a similar a similar effect, right? And it could lead to uh, damaged equipment or facilities. Um, it could also cause a a process malfunction um, and uh, disabled controls um, over over a process. Um, so um, so that's that's something. Um, as far as uh, as far as in 2021, if there being any um, any changes to controllers um, that we've seen, uh, not um, not I, I think there might have been one uh, overseas um, where they they actually made a change to uh, to a controller, um, but that's not. Uh, not that's been like public knowledge, right? Um, but it's 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 I mean it's stuff that we've seen in the past, right? Um, you know, if, I mean if you just kind of look at look at you know kind of Stuxnet as like an example of that, right? Um, they the 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 centrifuges were all all damaged, um, and that was that was you know due to the the malware that was there. Um, so maybe not necessarily this year. Um, this year's been really focused on on Bitcoin-based ransomware, right? We're gonna decrypt, you know, we're gonna encrypt your files, and we want money. Um, but it's not completely out of the question, and I think it just depends on what type of group is is doing that, right? So um, when you have financially motivated groups. You're you're a little bit less concerned over the fact that they're going to damage equipment because they realistically just want their money. Um, but you know when you have nation state type um, type things that are um, you know they're looking to uh, to be able to. Um, you know, cause, cause damage, right. They, they want to cause a power outage. They want to, um, you know, they want to cause a fuel shortage. They want to cause these issues, which then cause, you know, other economic issues for, uh, for our country, um, or, or any country. Um, they, those are, those are kind of the types of things where you have to be concerned about them making like controller changes or, or process changes. Um, so, um, information reporting, uh, again, this is kind of, kind of, kind of a, a tag on to that, right? So, um, by, by, you know, reporting, um, reporting different information. So, you know, various things like oil and gas, electric, um, things like that, they have, uh, they have reporting dashboards that they have to have, and, and they have to report certain information, um, pretty consistently, uh, for, for regulatory things. Right. Um, well, if there was a miscommunication in, in that information, um, it could lead to a whole process of things, um, that, that would happen, uh, to include, um, you know, if an, if an energy company is reporting, um, 
reporting a, a load on the line that is different from what the load is supposed to be and then there's variances there they could have to shut down um they could have to shut down that line um to to you know figure out what's going on um which could cause power outages um or have to go to backup power or something like that and um and and that's that's not great um you know so um that's that's you know obviously something that could happen and then the kind of the last thing is 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 i mean i think this is kind of my biggest fear in um in critical infrastructure is tampering with safety controls um you know preventing the the proper operation of of fail safes um puts puts lives at risk um and that's that's kind of like that there's one of my biggest fears that 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 there will be an attack that will you know be damaging and cause loss of life because somebody turned off the the controls um so that's um it's always really really scary um so let's kind of talk a little bit about how to protect against um, ransomware and kind of some of the things that we we can do um, to kind of keep ourselves safe from it. Um, so I think that you can't you can't really um, you know you can't really kind of discount the the cyber kill chain. Um, I think there there are um, there are many different types of ransomware, um, but they, you know, every, every ransomware attack tends to follow the same, you know, similar patterns, right? And I think you could say that for for really any any attack that's out there, um, you know, even even as even as an attacker, you know, if I'm when I'm going into an assessment, I, I have a particular set of steps that I that I follow um, to get to my end result, and and I follow the same steps every time, and that's you know it's true of ransomware as well. You know there there are are patterns that are are set, and and we can kind of you know look at those patterns and see what's going on to know um you know how we could how we could stop that right. And I think um kind of one of the first steps is having having an idea of like what, what information is out there publicly on the internet that doesn't require any interaction with your company at all, um, to be able to, to find, um, and, and, and that's important, right? So kind of, um, kind of pull this up so that way we can see the steps here. So, you know, what I'm talking about is, is reconnaissance, um, you know, where, where somebody can, somebody could go and, you know, I know it's hard to, 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 you know, you can't really control people's personal lives, right? You can't really say, Hey, don't, um, you know, don't, don't post stuff on, um, on the internet. Right. Um, because people do it. Um, you know, you can't have policies that in place that say, you know, don't, um, you know, don't post like, you know, work stuff like that. Um, but you can't you can't necessarily tell say you know say to somebody hey don't say that you work at this job because that's you know you can't really control what people are going to do right so you know but having having reminders that you know hey it's, it's probably not a good idea to post that you work at this place um, because then then you you're making yourself a target right 
Um, and, um, it's, you know, my friends kind of think this is a cool party trick because, um, you know, they know what I do for a living and stuff like that. And so, you know, we'll, we'll be out and, and, you know, they, they have, they have like a new person come along or something like that. And they're like, Hey, 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 uh, check out how much stuff she can find out about you on the internet in like five minutes. Um, and you know, it's, it's like, because people post, they post everything on Facebook. Um, they post it on Twitter, they post it on, on, you know, Instagram and whatever else. Um, and, and they just put this information out there and they don't think about it and, and they don't think about what a risk they could be to, to their company. Um, so, you know, we, we do training and we do guidance and everything and stuff like that to make sure that they, that they understand. Um, but there's a lot of stuff that you can do as a company to make sure that you're not putting stuff out there publicly. Right. If you have, you have documentation, things like that, making sure that that's not out there, um, searchable on the internet with email addresses and those types of things that would set you up for a phishing campaign. Um, there are definitely things that you can do of your, of your own, um, to make sure that there is the least amount of information, right? Strip all the metadata off of any documents that you have to make public, um, so that you're not seeing, you know, uh, who made it and what their email address is. And now from that, from, from that email address that I just got, I can look for anybody that works in the company and I can architect my own email addresses to come up with a, a list of people for a phishing campaign. Um, those are things that you can do yourself to make sure that you're not, um, that you're not uh, putting out more information on the internet that then is, is necessary. Um, uh, weaponization. Um, so kind of during this phase, uh, the threat actor is preparing for the ransomware attack, um, gathering, uh, gathering malicious software tools and techniques that they're going to use um, against the network. And then you have uh, delivery and exploitation. Um, so they've uh, they've figured out, you know, how they're going to carry out the attack, and th- and then that's that's where they're going to deliver this. So you know, whether it's a malicious download, a phishing attack, a successful brute force attack, um, or a successful delivery of of the of the malware to to somebody, and um, and now you have an insider threat that's going to uh, go and, and plug this in, right? Um, exploitation, uh, it's kind of, kind of obvious. It's where they're actually exploiting, um, the, the network. Um, and they're, uh, they're using, you know, previously identifies vulnerabilities, um, to get, gain access into the network, um, so that they can run, you know, whatever exploits, uh, that they want to do. Um, so, uh, installation and command and control. So generally after they, after they get a presence in presence in the network um they're going to install their malicious code um or execute a fileless attack um to kind of gain that command and control um so once the network's compromised the malware is running um then they can then they can start establishing beacons in in the uh in the network to to talk back to their command and control server um so that they maintain that that um that control and then actions and objectives um you know, once they once they have their foothold, um, they can do whatever they want from there, right? So, um, so they could exfiltrate data. Um, you know, it could be corporate espionage. Uh, I think somebody asked a asked a question uh, earlier about. Um, like secret sauce and and uh, and um, and. 
uh, the different, uh, the different things that are, are, you know, kind of got that confidential information. Right. Um, so that's, that's definitely something that that's, that's there to, um, to, to get, uh, and then you have monetary gains. So trying to get the ransom, the ransom from the, uh, the, you know, the, the company is, is, uh, another thing. I mean, you could even have somebody like for political gain or a combination of, of these things that would, that would be, um, able to, to, uh, to happen together. Um, so kind of the way that you, the way that you target these things is, um, is to kind of prepare and then, and then mitigate. Um, so prepare, you really want to do an environmental analysis to, to kind of determine what your critical processes are and, and what you have in your environment. Um, and then mitigate is obviously pro- applying the appropriate mitigation techniques to the environment. So um, in preparing, um, knowing what your um, what your your critical infrastructure and the processes that rely on the IT environment um, that can provide an attack path for the OT environment are, are very, very good. Um, a, a, a huge problem in OT is that you have all these devices out there. And for the most part, you know, some of them may be identified as assets, um, but there's a lot of like questions, right? There's a lot of questions on what traffic is is happening, you know, what devices are talking to what devices and where, you know, where that traffic's going. Is is something in OT talking to IT or is there um is is it just talking across in OT? Um and a lot of times there's 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 very there's very big questions on what those actual network interdependencies are and what is actually needed from IT to make OT function. Um generally speaking, there's actually very little. Um, but the thought is is that there's so much more needed um for uh from IT for OT to function. Um Identifying a resiliency plan is is very good. Um, making sure that there's a plan to continue critical processes running um, in case there's an IT incident. Um, you know that's that's kind of something that a lot of a lot of companies fail to do. There's no there's no plan for okay. Well, what if we have to we have to shut down IT? Um, and uh, and and how do we keep OT running? So this is kind of something that happened in in Colonial uh, with the Colonial Pipeline is that even though even though the OT they were they were not able to traverse into OT because they disconnected OT before that could happen, um, they they there was an IT process that could not continue, and therefore they could not continue OT processes because there was not a process in place to be able to continue those OT processes without the IT function. Um, and that's, that's tough. Uh, so if, if, you know, if you can maintain your OT function without IT, um, that is, is huge. Um, and then incident response and backups is another very big part. So, most companies do not have a separate incident response plan for the OT environment. They just have an incident response plan for IT. Um, so the IT environment, 
you know, the way that you, you handle instant response there is very, very different than the way you handle instant response in OT. And, you know, the, those are having your, your IT plan work for OT, um, is not something that, that is generally the best idea. Um, you know, how you restore backups in OT, um, is very different than how you restore backups in IT. Um, and, and having offsite backups is absolutely huge. Um, you know, backup frequently, backup, you know, backup everything that you, that that's critical, um, that could need to be restored and, um, and then store those backups offsite, um, is, is, is absolutely ideal. Um, as far as mitigation, um, practice good cyber hygiene. Um, that is, is, is huge. Um, you know, implementing multi-factor multi-factor authentication for OT access from IT um, is is a very very big thing and something that I don't see done very frequently. Um, you know, uh, developing a plan for regular software updates, and I understand that sometimes that is very difficult in OT. Um, you may only have certain windows where you can uh, take equipment down to be able to update. Um, there may not be updates available, um, but, um, but doing everything you can to make sure that, that your software is updated as frequently as possible is really, really huge. Um, network segmentation, uh, you know, robust network segmentation between it and OT networks. Um, is absolutely necessary. Um, you know, the concept of micro segmentation is, is realistically that, you know, you can't, you can't segment enough in OT. Um, you know, if, 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 if you, if you're, you know, if you're like, Oh, Hey, you know, I, I, I think we could put this into a separate network, but I don't really know if it necessarily needs to be there. It's probably more ideal to just put it in a separate network. Um, because that, that, the more you can keep everything separated, the harder, um, the, the more difficult time an attacker is going to have getting into those OT networks and being able to reverse and, and cause the damage, right? Um, and then continuous monitoring, um, using threat hunting tactics and, and continuous monitoring software to be able to prevent those attacks from happening. And, and, you know, kind of all of this is true of, of IT networks as well, um, that all of this should be done in IT networks as well. And, um, and, and you know, you kind of have to look at the steps, right? If you have a strong external, then, you know, then, then an attacker is going to be go <clears throat> going to have a more difficult time getting into the internal, if you have a strong internal, then the then if even if an attacker got into the internal, yeah, maybe they can cause some damage, but they can't get into your OT environment. And so it's 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 a process, right? It's kind of like building a castle. You have a strong outer wall, then you know people can't get into the castle, and and then if the if the outer wall you know for some reason breaks down, then they're not getting into the actual like inner innerness of the castle, right? Um, and, and we kind of have to build security the same way. Um, uh, and then just kind of like a little bit, uh, this, this is kind of like a little bit of, 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 you know, threat hunting here and talking about kind of how, how beacons work in, in, um, 
<clears throat> in uh, in an environment, right? So you're looking for for connection persistence, right? So uh, any network traffic that would be consistently reaching out to an external source, um, that is a huge uh, that, that's a huge red flag, right? And an OT, that's even even something that's reaching out to an internal source that it shouldn't be reaching out to. Um, then uh, you know any any kind of abnormal protocol behavior, right? So network traffic that's 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 acting outside of its normal um, normal protocol behavior is definitely something that you would need to look at. And um, length of length of data, um, you know, looking at kind of twelve hours of data um, for that. So anything that's that's you know connecting to weird stuff or acting weird in you know over over 12 hours of time is definitely you know something that needs to be looked at and and probably a host that needs to be kind of assessed a little bit more um and and overall like kind of piecing all those things together and putting all that stuff together uh should really you know really help to to strengthen a um an ICS environment and and kind of create a pathway um to move into the future with a stronger uh a stronger critical infrastructure um so that's that's all i have um i can kind of uh we can go through some questions now if we want hola can you hear me? Yes. Hello. Ashley, thank you. Can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. Okay. Uh, first of all, thank you. Uh, thank you for that. And then we'll get yeah. to the questions here. Uh, before we move on, you are doing a training class because a couple of people have asked where they can get additional training for this. And I just want to let everyone know I dropped the link to this training class that you're developing, creating for anti-siphon training. Yep. Uh, is available soon. Yes. Yeah, I think I think the link is already up and working. Yep. So I shared that link in case anybody wants to check it out. So if you do, uh, actually has a whole it's like a 16 hour class coming. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, I think at the end of February. Uh, someone said feel better soon, Ashley, and I do want to thank you for doing the presentation today, even though you, you were sick. Uh, every once in a while, do I need to jump in? Do I need to? No. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we have a lot of people here. Let's see how many questions we can get to. Uh, defense and, uh, I, I'm not sure. Do you have any favorite OT monitoring software vendors? Um, there is... Um so there is there's kind of a a bit of a shortage um, in uh, in in technologies that are really specifically tailored to OT, right? Um, so there, there are a, a lot of project, a lot of products out there that are, are tailored to IT that are being used in OT. Um, and to be honest, I think that, um, I think that there are, there are some good, good products out there. Um, overall, like I, I really have, I've, I've, I, I think that that kind of, you know, a little bit of like automated log, you know, automated log, um, uh, you know, generate, you know, generating alerts and stuff like that is kind of really the best way to do it because you know, your environment the best, um, and making sure that you have, uh, that you have like solid firewall rules and things like that. Um, but it's almost one of those things where it has to be kind of a manual process with, with eyes on the screen, um, to rather than relying on on a specific technology 
Uh, actually, before I, uh, I ask you the next question, I just want to let everyone know that we are developing a Backdoors and Breaches ICS edition. So Backdoors and Breaches ICS specific deck to help teach ITOT uh, security. Uh, we're working with Dragos. So they're helping to supply a lot of the knowledge for the IT and OT. Ashley's going to help vet and go through all the, make sure the gameplay works. Um, but we're expecting it Q1 of 2022, maybe Q2 at the latest if we're having supply chain issues. Uh, so if you're looking for that, uh, this question came up twice. Uh, is VLAN segregation sufficient or have physically isolated networks preferred or have physically? Uh Perfect. No, that's that's actually a, a, a really good question um, because I've gotten that question a lot. Whether it does it does it have to be physical um, physical isolation or is you know is is dynamic or like virtual isolation um, sufficient? And my answer to that is is realistically. I, I, I couldn't tell you the last time that I was actually like successful with like VLAN hopping. Um, they really have put a lot of, of protections in, in that now it's not, not impossible, but it's just not as, 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 uh, as, you know, frequent as that, as it used to be. Um, and so I really think that dynamic or virtually isolated networks are fine. Um, it, it, it definitely, um, limits some of the costs, um, of being able to, to, um, to you know create uh create the segments and and be able to to kind of get the these things in place um because i know that that you know i it it ot budgets are not always infinite um and 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 sometimes it's difficult to get money for security um so uh virtual virtual segmentation is completely fine okay. uh, so what i'm going to do right now it is two o'clock thank you so much uh Ashley's not feeling 100%. So what we're going to do is about five more minutes of Q&A. So if you need to head out, thank you so much for being here. If you ever need a red team thread hunt, pen test, or active sock, you know where to find us. Uh, we're going to answer about five more questions worth of five more. Answer, five. Yeah, I'm okay. I use words. All right. Are there any focused good courses, books, where you can get uh, solidate some knowledge on ICS, like good books for ICS? Yeah. Um, uh, yes. Um, so, um, uh, Amazon is great. Um, I, I personally, I, I have, I, I, I use, uh, Safari books. Um, there's a ton of really good books on there. Um, <clears throat> there is, uh, I will actually, I will compile a list together, um, and I will throw it into, uh, into the discord if that's, um, if that's okay. Um, yeah. but I can, I can definitely do that. Uh, I have a, I have a link that, um, that I use, uh, that has a whole great list of books on there. Um, and, and different, uh, different things, um, that are, are really, really good tools. So I can throw that into discord. Um, so you guys can have that information. Uh, I think potentially the last question today is, do you have any recommendations for pen testing in OT? Um, yeah, yeah. So, um, pen testing and OT is, is kind of a, it's kind of a, a tricky and kind of scary thing, right? Um, there's a lot of passive stuff that has to happen. Um, you know, it's a lot of asking questions, um, a lot of understanding the security architecture, a lot of understanding how things work. Um, and, um, before any kind of like active testing, um, you know, you, you never ever want to get into a situation where you have somebody asking you to, to actively, you know, 
do exploits on PLCs that are running in a production environment without some kind of, of absolute guarantee that that safety is not going to be compromised. Um, so those are those are definitely like really scary things that can happen. Um, and it takes a, a, a big level of care um, to make sure that you're you're testing and you're testing in a safe manner. All right, I think we have time for one more. Uh, have you found attacks at the hypervisor level on the increase? Um, not necessarily. Um, there's been there's been a lot of a lot of things that have happened um, at, at that kind of level four and and moving towards level three level. Um, but most of it's been IT attacks that have just affected OT um, as opposed to. Uh, them actually being able to traverse into OT. I think the 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 concept of disconnect OT um, quickly is is really something that uh, that's kind of kept a lot of that from happening. Um, but I think that we're going to to start seeing um, more of that happening uh, in in the upcoming years. All right, uh, and I you. Keep answering quickly so we have time for one more. Uh, any Sorry. recommendations on how to chat with OT techs on security measures like installing AV onto machines connected to these systems? Um, yeah, so a lot of that is, is I, I think, explaining to them that it it is a it is a necessary um, it's a necessary part of of something that, you know, is is going to to keep them safe um is is really the the kind of talk there right i i know a lot of times i've i've gone to implement security measures into ot and everybody in ot groans they're like oh it's gonna make it harder for us to just do it to do our job you know it's gonna make this more difficult i don't understand why we have to do this and i think really just opening up the dialect and explaining why um, why it has to be done and what accommodations are being made to make sure that it doesn't, it doesn't make their job, um, so significantly, uh, more difficult. Right. And, and you kind of have to have that compromise of, can they still, can they still do their functions and listen to them on, on what they're saying to, to be able to perform the functions of their job while at the same time, making sure that you can, um, you can, put those safety measures into place. Um, you know, uh, I, I think that I, I, <clears throat> I think that, um, that, you know, visualization is really, is really kind of good. Um, something that they can, um, that they can, that they can see, right. If, if you can, if you can, um, if you can give them kind of a picture of what could happen, um, then they can, they can see, um, what would, um, you know, what the, what the real, the real goals are and how that, you know, you're trying to work together. You're not trying to work against them. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Uh, as we wrap up today, do you want to highly recommend you to play in the sans holiday hack challenge created by Ed Scotus and his team over at CounterHack? It is a fantastic way to build your skills. Uh, a lot of times they have IOT devices, things, uh, firmware, other things inside where you get a chance. It's not just about like this one aspect of security. It's all aspects of security. Uh, with that, Ashley, do you have any last, I don't want to say last words because that sounds like ominous. Uh, do you have any final thoughts for today? I don't know. Go forth and secure critical infrastructure. <laughs>
Sounds good. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Black Hills Information Security webcast. Uh, we have one more next week on um, things. Uh, I got nothing. Uh, so join us next week for our last webcast of 2021. And with that, we'll see you all next time. Bye-bye. I'm ending the webcast.